Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 IWD. IWD. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Episode over. Thanks for joining us, everyone. You can reach out to us as always on social media. And <laughs> oh man. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of False Bottom Girls. And, you know, Rachel, what I realized that we don't ever do is, like, introduce ourselves. I know we do that in the intro. Oh, yeah. But I always wonder, uh, because I've done this before where I listen to podcasts and, like, I have the voices mixed up with yeah. what the hosts look like. And yeah. then I see them in real life. I'm like, no, that's not that's not yeah. you. Like, I know that you <laughs> think that's you, but the other guy is your voice. Okay. No, you're absolutely right. I'm Rachel, everyone. I'm and I'm Jen. And this is Jen. All right. That's Rachel. This I'm Rachel. <laughs> Recognize their voices. Yes, I am Rachel with Rachel and Jen of the False Bottom Girls. That's true. Podcast. And I am I am Jen of Jen and Rachel with the False Bottom <laughs> Girls podcast. <laughs> That's and a good point. We should get in the habit of being a better being podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> but I then forget that where, would, where would we where would we be? I don't know. Probably well, right here. You are in a beautiful cabin in the mountains right now. I am. And I'm just in my dumb old house. Yeah. We're very snowed in. It wasn't snowed. It snowed all that night. Like it wasn't snowy yesterday. And I, I mean, we're, we couldn't leave here probably for a good two days, which is good because we Perfect. have two more days. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that works out. Snowed Excellent. In. Well, hopefully by the time this episode is out, uh, there's not still snow on the ground, although I guess depending on where you live, it might be. Uh, But this episode, we are recording in advance, but on the day it comes out, it is International Women's Day. So Rachel, happy International Women's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. I appreciate that. What will you be doing to celebrate International Women's Day? You know, um... I should be taking part in the collaboration brew day with the Pink Boots Society here in Atlanta. We have a couple of breweries who have offered to host our um, Pink Boots members on those days. So we have Firemaker Brewing and also Wild Heaven Brewing. And Rachel, what will you be doing? Or uh, what are you doing yes, in the future? Today. In the future. Today, literally. <laughs> today, as you listen. Or maybe earlier today. Do um, we have flying cars? <laughs> on March 8th? Yeah, the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay. But uh, although if you would have looked back in some movies long, long time ago in books, some people would have told you yes, that we would by now. Yes, absolutely. 2021 have right. flying cars. Um, typically at Pilot, we, we, we do keep it pretty low key. We do participate. So Pink Boots Society, which we will touch like a little bit more on in the episode but as jen was saying they you know they are gosh an international sorry mm-hmm. yeah yep. program but so they have a lot of different state chapters north carolina has their own chapter so we're participating in kind of a, a 
a brew. All the breweries are kind of brewing their own beer to help support the local pink boots on. So we're doing that actually, like we're brewing that beer next week um, to be released in March. So Razia and Lindsay, happy haste, it will be brewing a, um, a beer on the small batch system. So they, ha, Lindsay kind of reached out in a general post to lots of breweries just saying, Hey, I'd really like to collaborate with someone. Um, you know, for me, like, that's just what we do. Mm-hmm. So it was so easy. And like, so I was like, why don't you guys do something on international women's day? So they are brewing a beer on international women's day day that they will also donate some proceeds of to pink boots. And I believe they're doing a Belgian. I know they're doing a Belgian. I just don't know what type of Belgian yet. Nice. Um, so that would be cool. And yeah. super low key. And I like to, you know, I asked you what you were doing for international women's day. And then it occurred to me that you are one of the breweries, obviously collaboration is extremely important. Giving back to the community is extremely important. So you basically celebrate women's day every day. Like that's who you guys are as a business. And it's not some performative thing um, that you're doing once a year. So you can, you know, kind of bandwagon on what people are doing. And then the rest of the year, uh, you know, you are a toxic work environment to your employees <laughs> or not a toxic work environment, but it's just like once a year, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, black history month. Okay. You get, you find like the one black employee you have yeah. and feature them on social media, you know, it's just performative and uh, pilot is anything but performative in the way that they're involved in the community. So thank you. I, I asked that and I was like, you guys we'll will probably do day. something, but yeah, that's, <laughs> you just live that life and walk. It, that, walk typically, it. typically I do keep it kind of low key, like pre COVID because that's the time era now, but um, I, now, so many other breweries host collaboration brews that I just kind of send the Razia or Amanda, whoever's working there. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit easier. Um, but you know, tis the season of COVID. So yeah, switch things up and. Right. And that's, that's a good point. And like I was, I was saying about mine and I guess we can probably put a pin in this also, but it is nice within the community when you do a collaboration with several breweries or, you know, women who are members of the Pink Boots Society being able to come together, like not as, not from different breweries, but as Mm -hmm. women who have this collective experience within an industry that necessarily means you're getting people from different breweries. It's a really nice kind of organic, authentic way to collaborate. Yeah. I've met a lot of people through doing different collaboration, pink boots, brews. Um, But you know, it's funny. (laughs) So I guess when we first, when I first started doing like these brews was kind of like when I first started brewing, obviously. So you know, I don't know, 2011, 2012. I did not really realize it's going to sound so bad. I didn't really realize that International Women's Day was not a brewing thing until like maybe <laughs> a little bit into it. So like the brewing world does a really good job of selling internet, celebrating International Women's Day through brewing. Um, but International Women's Day is its own thing. It has its history. Um, it's a day to celebrate cultural and social and political achievements from women and still to like reflect on all the BS we're going through. Right. You know, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, 
I think when I was learning about this history, which, you know, I didn't just come out knowing, I like to yes. point out the fact that I uh, looked up <laughs> this information. Thank you, uh, Rachel. <laughs> and this is, uh, I will just briefly say that this was part of a very frustrated text that Rachel got from me the other day <laughs> about someone uh, basically piggybacking on a conversation I started without giving credit to the fact that this is where the conversation came from and presenting it as their own unique thought and idea, which drives me up yeah. a fucking wall. And, but I should say the whole reason why I'm saying this is because one of the things that I talk to Rachel about is I always try this industry and any other industry present information. They got that information from somewhere. Yeah. And that information is also available to you. Rachel and I did not wake up one day as, With any of these as pure experts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this wasn't anything that we inherently already knew and that and already knew slash it's not accessible to you. It is accessible to you. And so I'm always hyper aware of, you know, I have right now I have my stack of books next yeah. to me to say this is where I got this information from because it's important to remind people that the information comes from somewhere it is available to you as well. Most of it is available. Obviously, you don't you don't have availability to like oh, personal experiences, exactly. but yeah. the information, the facts that we know came from somewhere. And when you hear somebody speaking, that that information also came from somewhere, and you should know where it came from. I was actually just born with a mash paddle in my hand. <laughs> That sounds very uncomfortable for your mom. Well, that's her problem. <laughs> I was I was ready to go in life. But yes, yeah, cite your sources, people. Cite your sources. And I, Rachel, am going to take you through a brief little history of International Women's Day because it did not, it, you know, saying like, it, it, almost in a way, I know for me, it's taken a little bit for granted today. Like, we just didn't have these hardships growing up that, you know, people in the 1900s did, you know, it was a very different environment. So the beginning of this, the history of this is very much a, a movement for women's rights, political rights, the right to vote, equal pay, equal, you know, just equal treatment. Um, so this today, although yes, we reflect on if, you know, if, if you, there's lots of different ways to celebrate this day. And there's a lot of different entities that throw different celebrations the brewing world likes to brew beer, but so anyway, so basically started around over a hundred years ago, around 1900s with the German democratic socialist party. They were whole different conferences to discuss women's issues. Yes. We are talking about a table of men, maybe a woman or two discussing women's issues, but here's the difference. They're not discussing the rights to a woman's body or anything. They're this, they're discussing it in a positive way. Like how do we fix this? That's one thing I had to like, when I was finding my information via this great YouTube video, I was like, what do you mean? How, how is this a good thing? And they're like, no, no, no. They're trying to right. be like, you know, I still have that question today. How is it a good thing when like yeah. majority of men lawmakers are the ones making laws about oh. women and other people? At least I, I will be quiet. I, yeah. I'm trying to let you tell your story. story. <laughs> I can't, I can't change it, but at least right. they're still like, because they're the ones in charge, if you will, in power. And I guess the fact that they even had women representation there 
is probably a bigger, greater advance than we have right now. But anyway, so this this is a thing that's starting to take place. Around 1907, the first like international conference of socialist women in Germany is held. And this is led by a lady named Clara Zetkin. She uh, com- will do a lot of work throughout the history of International Women's Day. She she One of her goals is to get women into the workforce so they can take part in like worker rights organization, basically getting women to be able to put them in in a position where they can kind of take their own life well-being into their hands. Mm -hmm. Um, They demanded that, you know, rights to universal female suffrage without qualifications of property, tax, education, they, you know, any kind of barrier that would hinder working class, basically just trying to get the working class to be on a fair socialist level, you know, just trying to make a living wages and have good standards of work. Still earlier on in the early 1900s, we have different kind of protesting and demonstrations happening. Um, In the U.S., there is a a quote-unquote Women's Day is declared, and that was a protest through the streets of New York um, where they're demanding better conditions. And then around 1910, um, there's an international women's conference where over hundred delegates from across the world come together, including this Clara Zekins, and she's pushing the idea for international women's day. So one of the points I'm trying to make is like early on, a lot of this is starting to be celebrated, but there's still no like day. There's still no like uniform. This is our day. Uh, there's just a lot of ideas of like, how can we encourage women's rights and do better for women and women's day is a term that's being thrown around and everyone's hearing but it, um, it's an idea people are sticking with so they get a hundred percent vote yes for international women's day at this conference they're also demanding stuff like an eight-hour work day um, they're demanding pregnant uh, women stop working for eight weeks prior to giving birth and that doesn't even happen here in the United States. They, they also are asking that w- mothers get paid for eight weeks leave if their child lives, which you got to remember the child lived. in that day, it was a big risk. Like to well, have a- and even today for certain people, that is still a very big risk when it absolutely shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. My grandma uh, will tell me, God, this is so morbid. She'll go, um, I have four kids because you have one for him, one for her, one for war, and one for sickness. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, serious. That is such a grandma thing to say, though. She, but she has four kids, and she has three guys and one girl. And I swear to God, she just thinks like everyone else does. Like, right. one, one for him, one for her, one, one for, for war, war. <laughs> one for sickness, because you're going to lose two. But right. like now you have a girl and a guy, one for him, one for her. I guess, I guess that's what that means. I, yeah. It's, ah! <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you don't like tell your kids that it's like when you grow up, you're one of the ones that, you know, you can she be war did. or sickness, she told me. <laughs> but, but you're not for me and you're not for him. <laughs> My grandma, gosh, <laughs> stories. I wish like we should have a whole episode about my grandma's stories. Yeah, they are <laughs> Is great. Is this the same one who went to Germany with you? No. Okay. We could have a separate episode about her. Okay, we'll just have a grandma series. But, uh, oh man, every time my grandma goes, she, she goes to start a story and she'll be like, all right, now stop me if I've told you this, which she has always told you. 
the story. But if, she, <laughs> but if she doesn't say that, it's a brand new story. It's so weird. It's like clockwork. <laughs> I get excited. She's like, all right, I got a story. She doesn't say, stop me if I told you this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> She's got crazy stories. I, I bet you most older people. Anyways, anyway. so if your child live, lived, they're demanding eight weeks pay. And they got a lot of this stuff. And to this day, still a lot of countries have really great benefits for mothers and we at the united states do not we are mm-hmm. assholes well and not just for mothers but for families yeah yeah true because it, it's not just a, a mom thing i mean yeah she's doing a burden of the birth but you're right. right families are affected so anyways there's a big 100 yes vote everyone's super excited there's a bunch right. of <laughs> i'm sorry i just have to say isn't it amazing that a group of women would get together and say yes we would like to have agency over our own bodies and be able I, to I do believe child that but it's not like there's not there's one like yay from the back yes. like no like yeah women get together and are like yeah we would like autonomy over well, they also are are from like countries all over the world this isn't right. like just a neighborhood meeting which is nice. Like at least people are going back and they're like, okay, we're going to start. Yes, we're in on this. We're going to start doing lots of demonstrations, start marching. We're going to go back to our countries and we're going to do this. And that's what people started to do. And there were a whole bunch of demonstrations started to kind of pop up over the next couple of years. Um, I think the very first one was in Vienna on March 8th, um, which this March 8th day is still like not set in stone, right? Like there's just a lot of like, a lot of things happen between February and March when with these just demonstrations, excuse me, I cannot talk. But um, so they were, you know, protesting in the streets for different things like sex discrimination and employment, you know, the right to vote, equal pay, all the things that we're pretty much dealing with still today. Um, luckily, not the right to vote. Um and then the Americans continued to celebrate National Women's Day on the last day, Sunday in March. Uh, so in Germany, there was like millions of flyers spread all over declaring March 19th as a women's day of glory, like their day, to, saying on this day, go out, take the streets, you know. Okay, so a lot of different demonstrations are going on um, between what, 1910, early 1900s, all the way like to the beginning of World War One. World War One starting kind of puts a crackdown on a lot of this because Europe is trying to keep peace on their home front. They're going through war. I mean, kind of imagine like what we're going through, there's a virus, you got to stay home. <laughs> um, the one of things about this war is that a lot of the men leave, right. right? So now a lot of women are working in these factories, in these manufacturing plants, and they're working really long hours. They have harsh conditions. Um, so they're, they're getting to a point where they're getting pretty fed up. Um, and to oppose this war, Clara Zetkin again, she organized is another, the final Socialist Women's Conference in April 1950. Again, drawing delegates ev- from everywhere, basically sharing their opinion about how this war is not good. You know, it's killing our kids. It's not doing nothing but just earning money for the rich and just promoting guns and arms and just there's no good intentions of this war but despite everything you know the war still goes on but the idea of international women's day continues on and in 1917 russia shows the most dramatic celebration of international women's day um 
so Russia is kind of really helps to put the mark, the final mark of International Women's Day of like declaring this is like our March 8th. So in 1913, Russia observes their first International Women's Day. It becomes like a big deal. Um, they, you know, it, it goes really well. The next, the following year, however, they, the organizers of Women's Day get arrested. Um, they're trying to really, you know, put cancel culture, if you will, onto International Women's Day. So for a couple of years, they are working in really harsh conditions in these manufacturing plants. They are dealing with mistreatment. They've been squandered on their International Women's Day celebrations. Um, and basically it comes to a point where they've had enough. So on, I believe the date's February 28th. Now, why this is confusing is February 28th, I believe they were using the Julian calendar then used by Russia. The, Russia was using a different calendar than it's okay. used today. So February 28th is really March 8th. It might've been February 25th. I would have to double check that day, but it's the end of February, but it really is March 8th today. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So Russia has their, what they call the February Re revolution in 1917. And things became super heated as women took the streets in protests. Like they are over it. They're striking against the war, starvation, and the current czar of Russia. They're marching the streets. They call for every factory worker, man or woman, to join them. And within like two days, pretty much everyone does. Like students, teacher, lots of different people across the economic board join. Um, so the czar orders the military to handle it as they see fit and basically shoot people as they take to the street. Um, it gets to a point where the women, everyone starts fighting so much that the women actually start to talk different militia groups into switching sides and joining them, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I will also point out that that date, the March 8th in 1917, wasn't just the, like the, um, the February revolution, or I shouldn't say wasn't just, but that was also the first day of the Bolshevik revolution. So yes, this is like, this is kind of, you know, yes, building accurate. to the, the overthrow of the czar. Exactly. And the rise of communism. And that's exactly Russia. what happens. Yeah. So like, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to spoiler alert. No, no, no. It's okay. No, you're, <laughs> he knows our history, everyone. See, I didn't make this up. I found it. I'm there. <laughs> but you're right. So seven days after, like, of this basically street fighting, <laughs> street fighting, <laughs> um, they they overthrow the czar advocates, and he ends like a three hundred and four year family rule over Russia. So the provisional government becomes one of the first governments of major power to grant the women the right to vote. So this is a major win. And in nineteen twenty one, Clara Zetkin's um, and an international conference of communist women they in Moscow decide that March 8th will now be the official date of International Women's Day. So that is the official date. It was celebrated the following year by communist Russia and communist China. Um, and throughout the next couple of years, it was more celebrated throughout the world. Um, eventually, there's also not like a ton of information about it after kind of 1922, after like kind of started celebrating. Um, but eventually as when Stalin came to power, in 36, he reversed a lot of uh, liberal policies and banned abortion. So, and kind of put a stop on this celebration. So, and around this time, the Western world kind of let it fade away too, because the idea of like 
one, they won the right to vote. So everyone kind of thought it was like done. Yeah, you know, that's it, ladies. Of, go home. <laughs> the idea sure, you're equal away. now. And two, Stalin comes in and puts like a real damper on like everything. So sure. Well, and also a- in the Western world, it was such a we are we reject anything to do with socialism or communism and this is exactly people standing up for their rights is somehow viewed as a bad thing in a capitalist society yeah and so that's probably i'm guessing that would be another big reason why you don't want to do anything associated with socialist or democratic socialism no that's absolutely right and um so there's a long law of every of things until really like the late 1960s early 1970s where you know more uh the women's movement group kind of start and started and women's international day was a big play onto that movement group so now um once around the 70s 75 more and more countries started to accept this date as march 8th as international women's day and you know the un celebrated international women's year in 75 and then after that they started selling celebrating the day every day after that so it has its different um i think in some places it's still not celebrated so it's still uh, catching on if you will because i guess being a strong woman is taboo right <laughs> wanting yeah. to have rights yet somehow women still exist and would like to have agency and equity and equality um yeah. despite our best efforts i guess yeah. Yeah, we still earn less than our male counterparts. We're still less represented in business and politics in the brewing world, even. Well, we suffer greater risk of violence. You know, we face burden of family care more often than men. Like, there's still a bunch of equality that we have to work on. But that's why we have International Women's Day, to remind you all. Yeah, but (laughs) also just, you know. But it's every day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop the fight. Say, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it, and I've, I've had a lot of these conversations with people around me. I've had a lot of them in, you know, in my workplace where it's like, I like tough shit if you're uncomfortable talking about it or if you don't like, Mm-hmm. this or like here I come again to say this is how we need to be inclusive and you know there are a million little ways that businesses but brewery specifically like a, a ton of tiny little things that you can do that make people know that they're welcome in the space yeah and that they you know not only like just saying hi to everyone isn't enough And I I know that I, this isn't brewing related, but in recent years, like when shows are written by women, uh, you can tell because there's jokes in there that it's like, yeah, a woman definitely wrote this joke (laughs) and it's not men writing what they think women thinks are funny or women think is funny is written by women specifically for women and bringing that back actually to the brewing industry. There was, maybe it was last year or a couple of years ago, Miller light had a commercial, which was a woman coming home and getting a beer, taking off her bra, like still with her work clothes on, you know, I mean, everybody listening to this, if you wear a bra, you, you can do that in like two seconds out the sleeves and everything. And her just like taking off her bra with her work clothes on and like throwing it on the couch and drinking a Miller Lite. And it was like the official beer of taking your bra off after work or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and you, when all of media and basically everything for consumption is not made for you, 
when you see something that's made for you, it seems really dumb, but like you have a big reaction to that, you know? And I was like, I don't, I don't drink Miller Lite anyway. It's totally fine if you do, but like, I, I kind of like Miller Coors a little bit better now. Not that I hated them before, but like you had somebody who was deliberately making sure that people like me and people like you, Rachel, who are watching know that we're included in that culture. Yeah. And that, and I remember people being like, oh, gross, disgusting. Or like, what is this? And it's like, well, it's not for you. And when you're used to everything being for you yeah, and you see something that's not like you get, I get, I don't know from what I can observe, you get irrationally angry about it or somehow (laughs) it's gross or, or something, you know, and, um, but that is exactly the kind of gesture that as a company, you don't, I, I, and it's not, it's not a, you know, an either or gender thing because gender is not either or, but you have at least, even if it was somebody, you know, who's not female identifying, who wrote that commercial, you consulted people in your life who aren't like you to be able to have the kind of, um, I don't want to say like empathy, but sort of like that. Right. Perspective. That's exactly right. And it means that you went outside of like, I don't know, some, some lady who can't find anything in her purse, ha ha ha. And like, whose husband's a hapless idiot and can't change a diaper. Like you, you went outside of all of those kind of tropey things to make something that's much more authentic. And as in the brewing industry, those are the kinds of things that you do that if you are one of those people in those underrepresented groups, you see that. And like, it's a very small effort on your part, but it means a huge amount to well, the people who also, identify with that. Women are like half their consumers. I right. mean, women are half of beer consumers. They really are. Like if you, even my Facebook followers are 52% women and 48% men. And that, right. I, I dare, I would be curious if anyone could comment, if they see have stats to their breweries, Facebook or Instagram, if they could say the same thing, because why also you know women dictate a lot of the buying choices too mm-hmm. you know they I, are- I am the purchasing power when it comes to beer in our household and I'm also almost always the one if and, and I just because I this is what I like to do not this is yeah. not like a again like me a doing chore. more of something yeah. doesn't mean that Tom's not doing it at all um, because that's definitely not true but like if we're going to go out in a normal world where we can go out to breweries it's usually going to be me who says like, I saw this event, I saw this beer, let's go here, let's spend money. I'm going to the store to buy beer. I I drive the purchase decisions for beer in our house. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not alone in that. No, I am the same way because nine times out of 10, Tom and Jeff just want to make us happy in two ways. (laughs) 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 They don't care. They're just like, beer's involved? Good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, no, no, no. I Googled everything. I spent like 45 minutes Googling last night. Right. This is what we're going to (laughs) do. Right. Well, and you, I'm sure you didn't notice because I'm sitting in front of it, but on my wall, you know, I had three beer pictures. Yeah. And Boulevard has lots of spots on my wall because they're garbage towards women. Um, So for anybody who's listening for our, because it's like your beer and like, yeah, but you know, you know, yeah, my childhood, like like realizing that like, like part of your childhood is fake, you know? 
kind of, kind yeah. Of. Like I wasn't a drunk kid or anything, but well, I mean, but you're if young, you all young adulthood, yeah, right? You all listening um, to the podcast who have been listening for a while know that for our podcast anniversary, we talked about like the beers that got us into beers, and mine was uh, Boulevard Wheat, and you can yeah. go back and listen um, to naive rose-colored glasses Jen talk about Boulevard but um, no as as part of that Rachel I had commissioned M. Sauter from um, Pints and Panels to draw us each pictures of our beers that got us into beer so Rachel had Avalanche by Breckenridge Mm -hmm. and I had Boulevard Wheat and so that was on my wall in my home office and you know last week when all of the news broke about boulevard and we don't have to delve too deeply into that now um you can google that and you know and learn about it yourself and draw your own conclusions but reading through that you know years of toxic masculinity in the workplace of discriminating against women of ignoring complaints to hr about what was going on or having it be um, you know, either swept under the rug or you're making it up or you're just difficult to work with. You know, these are all things that are your fault that is happening to you and protecting known predators within the workplace. Reading through all of that, I was like, well, yeah, that sucks, but I don't fuck with Boulevard anymore. And yeah. you know, so I will say I do have another print on the way to take its place. Um, so Sierra Nevada, don't turn out to be garbage because I don't no, want to keep safe there. <laughs> I, I don't know so why, but I just feel like we're safe with Sierra Nevada. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel like that too. But um, as we're in the scope of talking about international women's day and women advocating for their rights, like it is, it's not cancer, can, cancer, cancel culture. Yeah. You know, you, you learn new information and draw your own conclusions from there. So I don't buy Boulevard anymore the same way yeah. I haven't bought Founders and I yep. won't buy Founders for same. several, you know, for, I shouldn't say for several years. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's just as I easy as that. Since, uh, you know, their big story with the racism. Right. right. And like that, it's like, I don't buy mess or, or breweries that sold out to macro breweries. Right. But that's, that's a different reason, but right. But your, your dollars are your buying power. So yes, exactly. And your voice in a way, and I'm sure it won't affect anybody's bottom line that I don't buy it, but it means something yeah. to me. Yeah. And it was, you know, I spent time like looking at that picture on my wall being like, this doesn't erase the fact that this beer was meaningful to me. Yes. Yes. And that it was, you know, pivotal in my development as yeah. a craft beer person I'm not, I'm not going to hang yeah. you on my wall though. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. No. And I'm not going to buy your beer. And when I'm asked to give commercial examples, I'm not going to list Boulevard the same way. I don't list founders because like we're done. You showed me who you are as a company and how you value me and how you would value me as an employee. And I don't like that. So yep. we're done. We're done here. Um, and that's a, a bit of a, diversion, but we're nothing if not diverters from the subject. Uh, But I do think it's included within that because one of the ways that this came about was a, you know, a woman at Boulevard who had been trying to get people to listen to her and pay attention to her. And that wasn't happening. And finally Mm -hmm. it did. And, you know, just within the workplace, and I hope people realize this, that, it's when you know you're going to get blamed or you know you're not going to get supported and you're going to be 
subject to retaliation by your coworkers, by your bosses, and you're going to be subjected to that in a way that is, again, a, a hundred little microaggressions towards yeah. you that you can't, you can't go to your HR and say, you know, like my coffee was dumped out or, you know, I got a, like a really aggressive chest bump that I knew was designed to actually like cause pain to my breasts. Yeah. You, you are socialized and taught that you can't do that. And if you go to your HR person, it's going to be, here you are again, complaining about some little thing. And the people who are doing that to you know that as well. It's the same thing. And Rachel, you, you might know this too. I'm sure you do as a woman who exists in the world, who worked in the service industry. It's the same way when you're in a service position and you have a customer who comes in, who knows that there is that power dynamic. Mm -hmm. So they will you know, push the limit of what they can say to you and you're expected to smile and take it and be nice uh, because otherwise you're going to get a customer complaint or you're going to have somebody waiting for you after work, you know, and <laughs> yeah. um, like that is just your, your safety is something that I think a lot of, a lot of men take for granted is how often women and not just women, people of color, basically anybody who is not a, a, a white dude. Yeah. Worrying about your safety and worrying about if going in places are, are going to be safe for you. And if, you know, working someplace is actually safe, or are you going to be expected to put up with sexual harassment, put up with just sexism in general, you know, being, being told that you're shrill or brusque or terse and knowing that that's not something that other people are going to be open to hearing about just because of that kind of patriarchal structure we have within our society. And that's what things like International Women's Day kind of serves as hopefully as a day each year where people can reflect on that. And I would hope not just that day, but every day reflecting on your interactions and how you view and treat women in the workplace and you being everybody. So I know a lot of times I harp on, on dudes about things, um, but no, a, there's a also thing. a lot of internalized sexism with women. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times you are, if Rachel and I are both going for the same job and there's eight men who are going for the same job, Rachel and I aren't competing with those eight men. We're competing with each other. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's how everybody views it. Um, so I don't know exactly what all of my point is with this, but in the context of International Women's Day and going forward in this spirit, I would encourage people listening to, and you probably already do, but carry it forward within your life and within your day to day and be willing also to examine how you may have internalized some things to kind of perpetuate some yeah. of these and, you know, realizing that you can make it better for people who come after you by advocating for yourself. And that there are also a lot of people who don't want you to advocate for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not it's nice. Okay. It's, it's not okay polite. Up for yourself. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's not so, nice gonna... or polite to do that. And you know what? Fuck them. That, that can be their problem to deal with. Yeah, just, I think so many people are scared of losing their job. 
And, and that's a very real thing. Yeah. But you should also just kind of like wrap your head around, like, why do you want to work there? If this is the company it's going to be. Yes. And, yeah. and I had a conversation like yeah. that with a friend the other day who was like, well, I feel like if I do, if I do this, this is going to happen. And I was like, then that tells you who your boss is. Yeah. And you can do with that information what you will. And, and it does suck because especially as women in, you know, in pretty much any industry, it's harder for you to get a job. And like you said, Rachel, you're going to get paid less Mm -hmm. and you've got this whole other set of expectations on you that goes beyond just show up on time, do your job. You know, you just have all these societal expectations on you. And so it's, not easy. It's like the same thing when people say, well, if your relationship is abusive, just leave. It's like, well, that's not, that's not how it works though. And that being, saying things like that or saying like, well, if it's so bad, then just quit. That's, that comes from a position of privilege and a position of power that you're able to do that because most people are not able to do that. Yeah. And you, and you don't know if you go someplace else, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be worse? Yeah. You know, you, you can deal with this kind of treatment for long enough that you're not willing to, you know, go someplace else and risk it all again. Yeah. I mean, eventually there's a cracking point. Right. You know, right. And that's when you come to our farm brewery rescued for dissolution women that (laughs) in the brewing industry that Rachel and I are building. We're only going to have so many jobs. (laughs) I know, know, but everybody will. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Rachel and I are recruiting people like one by one to come work at our farm brewery that is yes. now basically turning into the equivalent of if I could, I would just buy a big farm somewhere for all of them to run around on. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're, that's basically what yes. we're creating that we also low key think might just be us creating some sort of a doomsday cult, but we're not sure yet. So no, this is our retirement plan. Like yeah, in, in eight to 10 years, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> ben and I are going to open a farmhouse brewery, but it's going to be education center. Right. First. Right. And That's very, how we're going to and make our money. yes. And self, not entirely self-sufficient, but not entirely it will be a farm, a we'll working a farm. farm. We'll have malt field hops. Well, we'll have a barley field. What? <laughs> I said we'll have a barley field. That's, no, no, no. We're going to have a malt field. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just going to grow them all. So we don't, <laughs> right. we're going to, okay. it's this new thing we're going to invent. We're going to make a lot Perfect. of them. Right. We we'll have a barley field, hop field. We're going to make cheese. We're going to have goats because we're going to make goat cheese and we're going to do goat yoga. You see what, you see how I use goats for two things. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to live on it. If you want, I want to, but we'll have like separate res, you know, like in the right. private. It's not, private. yeah, it's not going to be like, we'll a- only be like attached to the brewery. Right have a tasting room. We could have set up for food trucks. We have, Oh, we're going to have a landing strip because my husband's a pilot and her husband wants to learn how to fly, but it'll be a private landing strip where you can fly in, park your, your uh, plane there overnight, hang out in Asheville, hang out the brewery. One thing though, is I think we have to bring pilot to it and have like pilot brewery and like sensory education or something, because we're going to need pilots leverage. <laughs> we are gonna we're gonna need the, the business loan that we can get from pilot but we already have sure. the green equipment we just move the whole thing up there we get rid of charlotte right. so we kind of <laughs> need to make this happen in like eight years or like 13 years because i guess when the lease ends 
but I can renew for five years or I can leave. Oh, okay. I see. Decision. I see. But yeah, a lot of work to do guys. Yeah. So very much appreciate it. Right. We're putting together like our, our super team of people. um, I like multitaskers. Like Jen has a friend who can roast coffee and malt barley. I like that. She can do two things. <laughs> right. That's good. That's good for me. So if yes. you come with more than one skill, that's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, this is maybe in like, so what like in, so in eight years, so in like 10 years, when people are listening to this episode, like they're going to point to it to be like, this is the spot where they said they were creating a cult and everybody yeah. was, was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to come work there. And then now they're all like, I don't know. It's going to be like a it's going to be a, a Mecca, a beer Mecca. Yeah. Yes. Of Where, and, yes. And delicious beer. And every day is international women's day. Yes. We should have so, said that. I'm just kidding. Every day is international women's day. No, no, just international <laughs> women's day. It's kind of long. It's kind of long. It is. Um, okay. So let, let's quickly, wrap this up. We got a little off track, kind of, I mean, we're, we're still talking about how we celebrate women in the brewing industry. Yeah. Um, but celebrate let's wrap up. We've, we've talked about at the beginnings, the, the pink boots collaboration brew day. And, um, again, I will say, I, I know I'm a broken record at this point about it, but it's important if your brewery that is wanting to participate in the Pink Boots collaboration or you want to buy the Pink Boots blend, um, that don't be performative about it. Don't do this once a year. Look at how you can incorporate and empower women within your employment ranks, within your customers, on your social media, mm-hmm. you know, do that every day. And it's not, a, it doesn't require a huge overhaul of things. It requires, you know, showing women in your social media. And it's, you know, I think it's great if you have conventionally beautiful people in your social media. That's great. That's not all that I'm talking about with this. Um, And women in brewing can talk about more than what it's like to be a woman in brewing. Um, They know things. So ask them things, empower them to learn things. But with the Pink Boots Collaboration Day, what this, this can take two different forms. So the first thing you can do is each year, Pink Boots uh, partners with Yakima Valley Hops to create a Pink Boots blend. And the way they do that, um, at least this year, what they did because of the pandemic was each, they selected sites or like Pink Boots sites and sent different hops that, you know, then to blend together and decide which blends that they like. So the Pink Boots blend is available for purchase. You can purchase it as a home brewer. You can purchase it as a pro brewer. And the great thing about that is that a portion of that purchase of the Pink Boots blend goes back to Pink Boots. Yep. So you can contribute in that way. If you don't have a collaboration brew day near you, if you're a home brewer who wants to support it, or if you just want to, you know, I don't support Pink Boots in that way, you can buy the Yakima Chief uh, or the Yakima Valley uh, hop blend. Mm-hmm. That's one way to support. Another way they support is local chapters where we'll do collaboration brew days, which we've already talked about. That can be, that is typically a brewery will host and uh, Pink Boots members can come in and participate 
from different breweries, from different mm -hmm. positions within the brewery. So that's another really cool thing, I think, about collaboration brew days and something that particularly larger breweries like, you know, Pilot has four employees. So this is, and everybody brews already. But what a lot of places will do for their Pink Boots brew is let women, or I shouldn't say let, but, you know, allow women, well, that's not any better. Invite. Um, <laughs> yes, invite. Thank you. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, invite women from different positions within the company. So, you know, your um, accounting person, your somebody in marketing, somebody in front of house, people who aren't typically involved in the brewing process can come in and take part in the brew day. And then that, that um, when you're selling that, if you're doing a collaboration and you're putting the, uh, the logos, you know, the graphics, the assets on those, then you are also donating a portion of the proceeds. Typically, I believe it gets donated to the local chapter and then donations from the local chapter, a portion of it goes back to the national but the local chapter can then retain that money for things like scholarships, for things like events. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the different ways when you see uh, Pink Boots collaborations happening on social media or local breweries doing that. Those are the different ways that they're able to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pilot, our beer will be available the first week of March, the first Friday of March. And it's a great fruit pale ale. The Rosie and Amanda yes. came up with it. We have a small... Uh, they did a test batch and it's on draft right now. Oh, very cool. And it's very good. People like it. So it will be in cans and draft. And yeah, it would be delicious. Come on by it if you're in the, if you're in the area. Yeah. And um, I did notice also in here, Rachel, that you have in your very comprehensive notes. Um, so a couple of things. Thank you for putting this in here. Uh, Yakima donates $3 per pound sold to Pink Boots. So when I was saying that they donate a portion, that's the portion that they get. Um, and each year the UN announces a theme for International Women's Day. So the theme for today on International Women's Day is um, women in leadership. And the theme celebrates the tremendous efforts by women and girls around the world in shaping a more equal future and recovery from the pandemic. And um, I don't think it's probably news to anybody that women, um, particularly women of color, have suffered the most during the pandemic. They're doing the riskiest jobs. They're the ones who are most likely to have lost their jobs. Um, so, you know, as much as you can within your communities, again, not just today, but every day, look at all of the ways that your behavior can help shape a better world for, for women and, and girls. In the world, if you're in the brewing industry, um, there are a ton of resources out there that can show you how to do that. You can start with a cool little resource I like to use a lot called Google. <laughs> I find most of my things on Google. Yes. So um, Rachel, we, this is going a little bit long, but I know we had also talked about this before we wrap up. Let's talk about uh, maybe just like one or two women within the brewing industry who have inspired us. Yes. Yes. Um, I, this is a hard question for me because I am balled <laughs> up inside cold. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So Megan Parisi has always been a big inspiration of mine. She like, she is the head brewer for Sam Adams research and development brewery in Boston. 
she's worked for other breweries like Blue Jacket, Cambridge Brewing, I believe. And I feel like somewhere else within the time I've known her, but I can't exactly remember. Uh, My very first beer that I brewed at Hardywood was a collaboration with her and um, Christy from Cap. Uh, capital city which is now closed and becky and she worked at lost rhino at the time but she worked with me at capital alehouse so it was like a really cool group of women and megan Preecy was a big deal and she came down and brewed with us and then we did a big batch of the beer and we did another collaboration the year after so i've hung out with her a couple times and done some she's just very good person she's very nice she's like what i should be you know she's like calm (laughs) cool collect it she'll like she stands her point but she won't like talk shit about someone you know it's very very good person she's a great brewer she really got her stuff together i think she's awesome i've always thought she's awesome maybe she'll listen to this i'll tag her on facebook and we'll see right (laughs) um Um, we definitely do need to have her on for an interview at some point and we we keep saying that so We'll yes, make that happen in 2021. Yeah. Deal. For sure. And it will just be us like smiling at okay, her the whole Megan. time. Yeah. So what are you up to? <laughs> right. How's life? So I will say, I think, and I thought about this a little bit. There are a lot, there are a lot of women that just like in my day to day, I find very inspiring that I won't go through all of them. Um, but for me, when I'm thinking about somebody within the brewing industry who inspires me is Lauren Limbach, formerly Lauren Salazar from New Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the head yeah, of for sure. the New Belgium seller of like the Fooder Forest, which I'm sure Rachel, you've been there. Yeah. I've and been- I did a collaboration with her at Noda. So oh, I've, I've met her. wow. Yeah. Oh my God. She it is one of those she- people I think I would probably freak out about. It was very fun to hang out with her. Yeah. I would love to do that. Um, very fun, but you know, several years ago, I'm trying to remember when it may have been like 2016. It was when I was really deciding, like I had at that point, I was a certified Cicerone. Um, I was still in the legal industry and trying to figure out how I would move to the brewing industry. And that's, a, that's around when I started my blog, because for me, I was like, well, this is a way that I can at least kind of do my own research, but then present it to be a yeah. resource for other people. And I was listening to an interview with her where she was talking about sensory. And she said, if you're in, if you're, you know, if that's something that you find interesting, then you need to enroll in the UC Davis applied sensory program which I did like, right. Like when I listened to that, I applied for the program and I was accepted in 2017 and um, ended up deferring my enrollment for three years until this past fall, I actually started the program. So like when we're finished here, I need to do my homework for that. Uh, But I'm doing this program and I'm doing it, you know, kind of on the indirect recommendation of Lauren yeah. Because I was like, that's what I want. Like I, I, somebody, yeah. I've heard people describe her before as having like one of the best palettes in the industry. And it's like, I want one of the best palettes in the industry. I want to be like Lauren. Lauren did the UC Davis class. I'm going to do the UC Davis <laughs> yeah. class. 
because, you know, like on that recommendation and um, that is something that, you know, like almost every day is like, okay, what, what kinds of sensory things can I do to improve my palate, to be better at that and like to be on that kind of level. So Lauren Limbach is definitely at the top of my list. I'm also going to put Lindsay Barr up there, also a new Belgium alum, who is now the one of the, the heads of Draft Lab, the sensory software mm-hmm. and the flavor maps, which I also have all on my wall behind me. And um, definitely anybody within the sensory realm, but with Lindsay specifically is very good at explaining things in a very interesting and approachable way. And also just talking about sensory and, you know, like at New Realm, we kicked off our sensory program a few months ago and having Draft Lab as a resource for that and somebody like Lindsay who can answer all, you know, will answer all of the questions and say like, well, try this approach instead. Or like, this is very, you know, when we're like, we started our sensory program and we're getting pushed back because people don't see the point. And she's like, this is very common in yeah. starting sensory programs and here's how you deal with it. And uh, she's definitely somebody who continues to be someone within the industry that I look up to. And we're, we're both actually on the technical working group for the Craft Maltsters Guild. And like, I get to help her do malt sensory stuff. And it's uh, one of those things that like all the time, I'm just like, holy shit, I get to, yeah. like, I get to do this. With- no, I was so excited to like have Pilot participate in the malt cup. Yeah. Oh my God. Because especially like we finish and then I go to enter the results and I see the list of other breweries participating. And I was like, holy, oh, wow. (laughs) It was like Allagash. Yep. Oh God. You, you, I don't remember a couple of schools, like, like, malt school or like mm-hmm. research places and yeah osu some of the other breweries csu um allagash new realm uh sierra nevada um <laughs> yeah like five, five breweries right and, and pilot was wonderful because of you of your recommendation so thank you that was very cool like i i, I didn't hear back about the second round so i was like oh i hope we did a good job on the yeah first round. <laughs> um, we, we actually did the second round and or okay. the final round at new realm so that okay. was also super cool to be able to uh when this episode comes out the uh the results of the malt cup will be released because it happened in february um, and I don't know who won, but it was really cool to be able to award, you know, gold, yeah. silver and bronze. And also, you know, again, like doing that with uh, Mitch Steele yeah. and Tyler, who's our head brewer, who used to be the head R&D brewer at Sierra Nevada. And then Steve, who's the the uh, lead brewer. So like it was us sitting in a room. And I mean, of, of course, like Mitch is very much from the hop side and talking about like malt and malt sensory and, you know, going through these different flavors. And those are all things that I learned from Lindsay and from what she's been doing at Draft Lab. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's not exactly imposter syndrome. It's more of just like a, holy shit, these people are almost my colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like a junior colleague to them, but like, this is, th- these are the people that I get to interact with now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely put Lauren Limbach, Lindsay Barr at the top of my list of women in the industry. I look, I look up to, um, there are one, like 1000. Yeah. I do. I wish, I wish we had time to be able to talk about like, I'm going to take a quick second to say a shout out. Cause there's one thing we, we are doing for pink boots that I forgot. 
is I want to say thank you to Cara Simpson with Arexa because they are donating off flavors to Pilot so we can make an off flavor four pack to do a virtual off flavor tasting to help support pink foods. So I just want to take the second to say thank you. You can take a look out for that. It won't be many. We'll probably offer it to Pink Boot Society members first. We're only going to get like 35 four packs out of it. But you can share it with like three other people. Right. And that, yeah, that is super cool. Yeah. So um, I know we've just- a super long episode. Jen will have very fun editing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we'll, we should wrap it up here. Yes. So um, happy International Women's Day to everyone right. who's listening. I hope you were having a good International Women's Day. I hope you're feeling inspired to fight the fight. The uh, theme for this year also, the hashtag is hashtag choose to challenge. Uh, I can tell you that in my life, uh, in my professional life, I have been choosing to challenge and not to great results, but I'm doing it. And that uh, I shouldn't say not to great results, but um, maybe to expected results, but it doesn't stop me. So don't let it stop you. Uh, You know, go out and challenge, you know, as always, you can reach out to us. Uh, We are here to lend support, lend resources, do whatever we can to help you challenge the world around you to make it more equitable for women and, of course, uh, women and people of color. So any, you know, even if you just need to, uh, I don't know, call somebody and put the phone on speaker and scream into it, um, (laughs) you know, we can, we can do that if you want (laughs) to. write that angry email to somebody and then just send it to us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. <laughs> um, we won't do anything with it except, you know, probably have uh, a good laugh. Yeah. Let it, <laughs> let it live there. Um, if you're interested in learning more about pink boots society, that is pinkbootssociety.org. Um, international women's day. I think you can probably just Google that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, lift, lift up a woman in your life today and lift up a woman in your life every day going forward in some way or form. And you can find us on social media at False Bottom Girls on Instagram and Facebook. We have some really cool things coming out soon that we're excited to tell you all about. Um, but for now, just know that we love you. Make good decisions. <laughs> we support Stay you. Safe. If you've got Don't something, you can drive, right? <laughs> uh, wear a mask, wash your hands, uh, just Social in general, distance. don't be a dick to people. It's super easy. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's it. We will wrap it up. So happy International Women's Day. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round.